0: Welcome back, Inebriates. Uh, this is Andy, as always. Uh, joining me today is Caitlin Ohm from Amara. Uh, welcome to the show. Actually, didn't really do much leading, in um, which is weird. I usually kind of ramble on. Uh, <laughs> but I, I was just really intrigued because we were just talking ahead of time. You were, you were uh, had to do something quick on your computer because you're editing your uh, music video. I love how everyone is kind of doing a little bit of everything now. Uh, you know, it's like, mm. do you, was, so was editing videos something that you had always wanted to do, or is this just a byproduct of the the time we live in where everyone has to wear like a thousand hats to do anything?
1: Actually editing ha- uh, was a precursor to music for me. Oh, really? Not that it, it didn't, bring me into music but I went to film school right out of high school and um, right out of film school I was hired to edit music for sorry ski films I grew up skiing and uh, ski racing and yeah I was hired to edit these heli ski films for a company in Calgary Alberta so I had just finished working as a PA on X-Men 3 in Vancouver right out of film school and packed up my 92 Pathfinder, which totally broke down and almost caught on fire on the way of my hometown. <laughs> um, and then I started editing these videos, and it wasn't until quite a few years later that I started playing music. Um,
0: for, so you didn't play music uh, at five all? Years.
1: No, I, I had sort of grown up playing. Um, I took piano lessons a little bit. I kind of once in a while would strum the acoustic guitar in the house. But um yeah I didn't pick up music until I was about 24 and my partner at the time um had a bunch of great Fender guitars and amazing amps and was a total audiophile and just introduced me to all these indie bands um Warpaint and Kurt Vile and Dumb Dumb Girls and Washed Out and Wild Nothing and all these bands that I fell in love with and um yeah I just started kind of learning some riffs from those albums on his guitars and then because Calgary's music scene at the time um, was really flourishing. It was really easy to just start joining bands, and so I just kind of did that. But I grew up with a lot of music around. I went to folk festivals as a kid, and my dad was always in, like, a garage band, and um, there was vinyl and radio playing in our house in all waking hours, pretty much. So it felt really natural to me to start playing.
0: Was it the... The bands that you were listening to that kind of galvanized your interest in it, or, or like, what? Like, twenty four seems so. It's not late at all, but like it seems late to kind of. It's late. <laughs> I mean, it I is, mean, there's kinda. like there's
1: all these there's all these indie stars now. You know.
0: Usually, you talk to people who like. The oh, Grizz I started playing claro. last three. You know.
1: No, totally. Or yeah, yeah, or they were like you know, this new generation, I would say, or like half a generation below me, they were in their bedrooms, like making records when they were 12, you know, computer children. Yeah. (laughs) Um, yeah. I mean, I, I'd always wanted to, I think I always knew I wanted to play, um, like rockstar dreams or something, but actually I've told this story before, but it was the band war paint. Um they put out a video for their song Elephants on the Exquisite Corpse EP. And I saw this video and I was like, oh, my God, who are these women? Um, just kind of blew my mind. And I learned the rift Elephants on um, the Fender Jazzmaster that was in our living room. And, and I was able to learn it by ear. And I was like, okay, this is cool. Like, I can just kind of use my intuition for this now and i've never been a technically driven person i've always been an ideas driven person and um so music kind of just became an outlet for ideas and now it's just picking up instruments to execute those ideas and never really thought to take serious lessons or start learning scales or anything like that which now in my ripe old age just kidding i'm i'm thinking you know i should start i should start taking guitar lessons properly or something like that but Um, yeah, it just kind of, it just has worked for me to kind of just go by ear. That's kind of how I learned.
0: It's really interesting that you refer to yourself as an idea person and not a technical person. Like I never really thought about those two divisions, but like, I can totally relate to that. You know, I, 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 I'm not a writer, but I have a story idea and you know, I'm not this, but I have this idea. Like, it, I and I think that's why, like one of my favorite things to just collaborate with people, because I feel like they bring the things that I'm lacking. Do you find that same kind of like do you do you rather work alone or do you, in a collaborative thing?
1: With music, it's really interesting. I, the last two records, I have really come into clarity that I at least I at least need a, a body in the room to write. Um, I write all my songs on my own, but
0: like a um, live body, you're not like a mass murder, right? <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> I'm
1: letting you into. <laughs> dark secrets already um (laughs) no it just i don't i don't bank songs i don't write songs in advance and then go okay i have 20 songs let's go make a record um usually if i have a break from my film work and it just feels like it's time if i've lived enough life that there's something in in me that needs to get out we'll go into the studio and for for whatever reason songs can just flow so i'll just show up in the morning write something on a piano or a guitar um, and usually, just finish the outline to a song in a few hours, and then and then get it going to start recording and producing. And on this record, Child of Venus, I actually spent a lot more time, really going deeper and in just sort of um, what's the word I'm looking for. I was just really looking at what I was doing and and asking questions and going back on tracks and deciding to change an approach. And I hadn't really done that before. It was kind of like, okay, here's the first idea, trust it, it's done, move on. And time kept kind of unfolding for me where I just had time to really look at everything. And um, so it was a a shift in in my process in that way, but still it was very much just writing songs in that time period. And it just helped to have an engineer in the room um you know I, I think it's like an accountability thing maybe um and the same thing with film I mean it, a film set is such an incredibly collaborative space and I just find when I'm around other creatives I just have an open channel to um to that but when I'm alone and I'm like okay I'm gonna write a script now or I'm gonna write a record now it's like pretty much crickets
0: <laughs> Did did you have uh I feel like, you know, I spent a year talking with people who were, you know, closing their house and whatnot. And it was so interesting. There was two types of people there, the people that were like, oh, you know, uh, quarantine's great because I can get so much more done. And then there are people like myself. And I think that's kind of, and I didn't think of it at the time, but I think it's that part of it where I wasn't around other people. Like I wasn't kind of in that creative energy. Did you struggle through that in that same way?
1: Um, well, I had uh, I did a record. I made a record in 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, in the summer of 2019, it was the EP Heart Speak that was all done in nine days. It was such a quick thing. Nine I was gonna days. Keep going. Yeah, it was like written, wow. recorded, produced in nine days. It was crazy just how fast everything was moving. Um, but I got a call that I had I had booked this Netflix series, which was kind of my big first big like American acting.
0: Gig was that uh,
1: and hit and run? Leave. It was hit and run, yeah. yeah. So I had to move to New York like on a whim. And um I had intended to maybe go back and finish a full record, but all of a sudden you just had these six songs, and it was like, I think this is complete, and it was such an emotional release for me, and I didn't want to revisit that time afterwards. So um that was in the bag when COVID kind of really came into effect and when i um i was in israel shooting hit and run when everything got shut down and flew back to toronto and then managed to make it over the border to drive to la before they fully locked down everything and um so i had this record that i needed to put out and Film for me is a little different. Like When I have songs ready, I can absolutely initiate the music video process. Um, So I kind of spent the summer doing that. I made um, three or four videos, four videos, I think, for that EP. And it was all just with friends in California. And it was a super creative, um, really potent time for that and so much fun. And I guess in 2021, when I went to make Child of Venus, I had someone there (laughs) in the the spare bedroom studio. So um, it was actually a really fruitful time, surprisingly. I also spent a lot of time like drinking tea and hiking in the Topanga Canyon where I was living, Um, and doing the COVID thing, absolutely. But honestly, my life, when I'm not working, is really similar to lockdown anyway. (laughs) so it wasn't a big change for me to be honest
0: (laughs) so you're you were talking about like making videos for your last album and uh child of venus being that you're you're from a film background like when you're writing in the studio do you envision kind of uh you know the music video at the same time or that kind of
1: yeah 100 percent um Sometimes it's even visuals that will inspire a song for me or a melody or a synth tone or something like that. Um, so Child of Venus is a record that's coming out this July. And the song new Loves Mortal Coil, which I have just released a video for, the first single off the record. I wrote that song walking down the street and the video was just fully playing in my head. And I was like, I need these like cheeky people in suits and we're all going to be moving together. And and um yeah it was it was something that emerged as sort of one idea, so it definitely happens that way
0: that's the the one where uh, you're all wearing like individual colored suits. is that the yeah. yeah, that one like I don't know if it was supposed to, but it made me think of okay go.
1: I don't know okay go I'm
0: oh, mad. so like they they kind of um, <laughs> so it kind of
1: rings a bell actually
0: they make their songs are okay, I mean, like they're you know. They're not my normal cup of tea, but uh, they they all kind of have like, God, I don't want to make this comparison, but it's, it's, they all have like their own color kind of, you know, like each okay. guy almost like in every video has like a distinct color to them. You no, know, whether they're yeah. wearing like race suits, they're all kind of wearing the same, like there's the red guy. And in the next video, he'll be la- wearing something that's also red. But they make really elaborate, like crazy complicated videos that are mostly done in one shot. Yeah.
1: Oh, cool. I like that idea. I'm just about to shoot a one, one shot video next week. Actually, it's really, it's funny that you point out the individual covered, colored suits because a mutual friend of the DP, Christian Sorensen Hansen and I of that video (laughs) said it reminded him of some like, of like, Teletubbies.
0: Like, I was gonna say the Wiggles, dystopian. and I just didn't want to like... like.
1: That's so weird. Yeah.
0: Well, it's not supposed to be. I
1: mean, the thing is that that song is is um, you know, there it's there's layers to it because the expression of it, the sonic quality of it, there's a cheekiness to it, and I wanted it to have that. But underneath it, there's some serious content there, um and so the video really was meant to be kind of a hybrid of. I mean cool if we can get there but it was supposed to be light and cheeky and I didn't intend to make you know to have like a play on any sort of children's (laughs) network programs but um but yeah I'm glad
0: I'm not the only one that saw saw that you know that's it was it
1: was such a departure that video but it was because it wasn't really like oh here's a part of me I guess it's all a part of me but it was really based on characters and a concept which was a bit of a departure from the rest of the videos that I've done for, for this music project in particular.
0: Was there a, like, what child program did you watch as a kid? I'm wondering if there's like some sort of subconscious. Like... Oh,
1: this is interesting. We yeah. can go deeper into that. I Tell I'd... me
0: about your mother. <laughs>
1: <laughs> She's downstairs. I'm hanging out with her for a few days from hometown right now. Yeah. Um, well, actually, I didn't get to watch a lot of television as a kid. My parents were very anti-television, and I grew up in the mountains, so I was outside most of the time. But I think Sharon, Lois, and Bram was like the one. Um, Why does that sound? This is probably a very Canadian thing. <laughs> I think they were Canadian.
0: Okay, They're not um, the ones with the song that re- the song that never ends. It's not them, is that?
1: uh i don't know i'd have okay. to look it up
0: don't don't I know that don't song. Look i'm not gonna, gonna say start. Don't no 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 not it. the song no i know no yeah. no i
1: know that song and also fred penner um more musically it was one of my like childhood music um favorites which just a quick plug one of my acting voice teachers my closest dearest mentor um married fred penner and I got to meet Fred Penner. Fred Penner came over to my house for tea one day. Um, and the like I mean, I literally went to his concerts when I was like four or five years old, listened to his cassette tape like on repeat in my bedroom. So that was a cool moment in my adult life to to meet the man <laughs> and have fair. a personal connection. Yeah, I guess it would be like for some people if like the voice of Barney like called your house to talk to your parent or something you
0: know yeah (laughs) so it sounds like you know obviously had a very musical uh childhood was there that same influence of theater like how did you get into the film industry
1: the film one's an interesting beast for me because i mentioned i grew up in a small mountain town um i have no family members in the film industry I, the first house I was in didn't even have power or running water or electricity. It was like cabin on a lake. You were
0: way up in the mountains. I way up it.
1: there, out yeah. there. Yeah. And um, I guess my parents took me to a drive-in movie when I was like two. And my we had this old um, Ford Econoline van. A very old hippie van and my parents had bolted my car seat in the middle like on the motor cover in between the two front bucket seats facing the windshield which I don't think you're supposed to do for babies super super safe <laughs> but, I- <laughs> but I got to see the world so that's cool um but I guess I just watched this film in total awe the whole like just wide-eyed like did not take my eyes off the screen and then I don't know told some family members when I was two three years old that I wanted to be famous when I grew up and obviously I had no idea what that meant. And my, my path is not absolutely not towards fame, but there was some draw to me, um, with films and, um, yeah, I just, I wanted to be an actor. I think growing up, I kind of took drama in school, but there really wasn't a lot of option here. Um, I grew up dancing and did a lot of like musical theater and competitive dance, um, with our small studio, but I ended up going to film school kind of as a backup for my acting um, Mm -hmm. dreams. I think I grew up dancing as well. And like I mentioned, and I was in a ski accident when I was 15 and broke my back pretty bad. So I think when I thought about being an actor, I, I was like, well, let's maybe find a backup plan that's in the same field, but you don't have to rely on your body just in case you have a bad ski day again, you know? <laughs> I just
0: that, That's such an interesting, because, like, I, I hear that a lot, where, like, creative people be like, oh, you know, my parents told me to have a backup plan, and just, like, I'm going to be a musician, but you should have a backup plan. Okay, sound engineer. me like, that's not <laughs> what I meant, you know, like, usually they want, yeah, like, totally. accountants, or that's funny. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, I I was the one who put the backup plan on myself. I'm, I'm lucky in that my parents never questioned my path as an artist I think they were like whatever you want to do you want to do it's fine um so yeah I just kind of took that route and it took me a long time I didn't actually start pursuing acting until later in my 20s even years after music and I think I was finally realizing okay you're not getting any younger this is already a bit of a um a lottery type career like even if you work super hard and even if you have amazing talent, it doesn't mean you're going to work. Which is kind of a really strange part of our industry. But um, yeah, I, I started and I've been really lucky so far. So
0: that that is one of the things that I see like time and time again is there's so many amazing creative people. I see it a lot with like visual artists. They can be the best at painting or, or whatever it is they do, but if it's a, it's a certain amount of commitment and sacrifice and hard work and luck probably more than anything else that just, you know, you need all those stars to align to, to make it happen.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I sort of have a belief though, in the arts, especially performing arts, like music and, and, um, acting that if you work really, really hard and you stay with it, um, and obviously, you have to have some kind of natural ability. But I think that if you are willing to put 10 years in, there's a good chance you're going to at least make a, a work life for yourself out of it. See that with a lot of bands, you know? I yeah. remember when Future Islands came out and it was only like with singles, and it was like, oh my God, where did this band come from? They're blowing up out of nowhere, and then you look back, and they've put up multiple records. Yeah. You know, yeah. For like six years, you know. The overnight success. a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's yeah. only overnight because no one knew about it. Yeah. But I think that there is work to be done, and you can carve out a way to make some kind of living. I mean, obviously, the pandemic shone a light on how essential, quote, people think music is, which I thought was just absolutely insane. And I felt so bad for my friends and colleagues who do that for a living solely mm-hmm. you know yeah it was crazy um but yeah i just think we need the art so deeply we need acting we need theater music live music especially um i have mixed feelings about streaming and television and film i mean there's so so much incredible material out there and then so much that is just i don't think very good for the brain. <laughs> Or the emotions.
0: I can't can't argue that at all, but it's one of those, (sighs) you know, I feel like we will, you know, we have the Cardassians and in history, they had, you know, the bread and circus where they fed people the lions and I don't, neither are good, but I don't feel like we'll ever get rid of that kind of, it's, it's somewhere between like people just like to watch other people suffer for some reason you know like in these awful reality television shows and i don't i don't I guess it
1: makes us feel like we're not alone i don't know i mean i've i've heard some people just say you know what i get such great joy out of watching reality television i can actually shut off my brain i can actually tune out i can forget about my own shit and by all means i mean we're not living in an easy time right now and True. you got to find your ease and find your joy and whatever that is. It's, you know, we're all different in that way. And, and you know, it's important not to judge another's
0: choices. Try not to. I but suppose. I Try. Mean, <laughs> some of those shows are pretty terrible.
1: Yeah. 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 I've never been one for reality. I think just because there's so many incredible films out there, I have a list of hundreds that I don't know if I'll ever get to in my lifetime, but I'm trying.
0: <laughs> What's on your list that you, uh, want to like what's top of your list right now that you haven't seen yet
1: oh man well um okay this is a question that uh i consistently hate getting asked in interviews because my brain does not oh, have sorry. The list uh, available. <laughs> <laughs> so i'm i'm gonna sit here and try and rack my brain and go uh so i'm really excited about dune too um i, I haven't really cared cur-
0: the first one yet
1: Oh, what you? Well, you might have missed it because the director Denis Villeneuve said, watching Dune one on your laptop or television at home would be like trying to drive a steamboat. Us, trying to drive, uh, like a jet boat in your bathtub. Okay. So you kind of missed the opportunity to see it on the big screen, or at yeah. least maybe wait till they're gonna do like a re-double
0: feature, a or rerun yeah.
1: somewhere. Yeah. I mean, you could watch it anywhere, but it's just such a It's such a um, cinematic phenomenon in every way to watch on a big screen. I'm excited about the second one. Um, I'm really curious about Greta Gerwig's Barbie. Um,
0: Interesting. Okay.
1: I haven't watched. I've heard a lot about the first season of Yellow Jackets, which I haven't watched yet. I've
0: heard a lot about that too, and uh, I haven't watched Mm -hmm. any of it, but uh, it's definitely on my radar and people are, are raving about it. and I just haven't.
1: Yeah. Well, I think because I've been so focused on this record right now, I'm kind of out of the, of what's coming out indie wise. Because I'm I'm a really big indie kid. I love indie films, and so I need to take a look. I need to go and watch a bunch of trailers <laughs> and find out what's on the horizon.
0: Indie indie movies are always fun because you, they I've, they're one of those things where I feel like you can see it, but if you're not in the right headspace at the right time, you can watch it like ten years later, and it means so much more. yeah true because they're usually way you know they're not the shoot them up bang bang blow things up movies which nothing wrong with but they usually can can be way more influential i think on your life just because they're Mm -hmm.
1: for sure i remember watching i broke back mountain is one of my favorite movies of all time and i had watched it when it came out It, it was like early 2000s i guess and and then i watched it again just a handful of years ago, like five years ago or something. And it just crushed me, like just absolutely crushed me. And I just didn't understand heartache and grief in the same way when I had watched it first. And I think that's the beauty about film. It's like you can watch the same movie throughout your life and it just has such different meaning. It really, there's so many universal themes in story in general that that are gonna affect us differently depending on where we're at, so. I feel like um, music. music's I, the I same way. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. Same thing. Yeah. Around that same time, I started listening to music in a whole different way. I was just like, oh my God, I understand why people make songs and movies now. Like I just, I think most of what I had watched in my late teens, early twenties, I just, I was watching it and appreciate it, appreciating it. And I would cry, laugh, whatever, but, I just didn't have the same level of life experience that now I can look at some of that stuff and really feel like, Oh, I went through that or, you know, I watched um, a marriage story um, recently and it was, well, they redid it with Jessica Chastain and um, Oscar Isaac and on HBO. And it's just like such a, it was well. It was like an acting master class. First of all, to watch the two of them work together, um, but yeah, just watching that, it was just like, oh my god! Like I understand this because I've been through so much of this now. It's really wild.
0: <laughs> so it's interesting because I was just thinking about how, like, both those things both music and, and cinema can affect you emotionally. I feel like uh, music, though, I used to change my mood more than a movie. Like, usually I'm in a mood, and I'll watch a movie to match my mood, but, like, if I'm in a bad mood, I'll use music to kind of, you know, I'll listen, one of my go-tos to change, like, put myself in a good mood is Jamiroquai, because I don't feel like I can listen to Jamiroquai <laughs> nice. and be unhappy.
1: Yeah. Oh, man, 1999.
0: Uh, uh, today, I would listen now. to him today. <laughs> <laughs>
1: No, no, I just no. mean at that. Well, actually, I haven't I haven't listened to Jamiroquai in a really long time. But in 1999, I'm pretty sure that that record was on repeat in our house because my sisters and I were obsessed with it. We we were traveling in New Zealand and Australia in a van when we were kids. And my parents decided to take us out of our small town for a year. And Jamiroquai was definitely one of those albums that, that was playing on the little – boom box that was resting on the floor of the back of the van. Along and with you, probably Lauren weren't Hill, sad at S all. Club 7. <laughs> <S Club 7. laughs> oh yeah, yeah, S Club Seven all the way.
0: <laughs> so do you do you feel that same way? Do you feel that music can change your mood more than cinema or or? Oh
1: yeah, um, you know i I think I'm the opposite to you. Like if I'm about to go for a run or something and like I have my playlist for that. Or if I'm if I'm feeling if I'm moving through some grief, I'll like there's a couple songs like from Adrian Linker or um like a couple Florence Welsh songs that it's almost just like sections that just open up a part of me that just lets something out. But then with movies, I just find often I get the rug pulled out from under me if i'm not expecting it um i like to go into the mystery with movies i think so maybe that's part of it
0: are you a re do you watch like certain movies mm-hmm. over and over again
1: you know no not a lot there's a couple that i've seen many times but no. You know when i hear people say that like that they watch a movie like once or twice a month that it, they're just obsessed with. There are people who've watched The Sound of Music like over and over and over again. I'm, I'm not, I'm not that person yet, but maybe one day I will be. <laughs> I don't know.
0: Yeah, there's like I mean, there's certain things that I'll put on as like background noise. So I'm not sitting in complete silence, and it's either a movie I've seen a bunch of times or some music. But there's certain like if I come across like Breakfast Club flipping through the channels on TV. Like that's one of the ones where I will just, I just stop and sit and watch what, it, what it, it could be five minutes. It could be the whole movie. And it's just one of those, I don't know why it could be like a nostalgic thing. Cause I saw it when I was you know, much younger, but it's mm-hmm. something about that.
1: I definitely, I definitely used to watch, maybe this is just a kid thing, but I watched some films as a kid over and over and over and over again.
0: It's definitely a kid thing. Cause it, it, yeah. it's, I think I wonder what that is that. Um, I think that's a,
1: there's something there
0: so someone told me once, and I don't remember who or what their qualifications are, so this could be complete bullshit. <laughs> but they told me that kids get bored when they don't understand something, and adults get bored when it's repetitive. So I feel like mm. if kids understand like what they're watching, it's almost like a, a reinforcement of what they know. So they like mm. I mean, there are things from my childhood that I can say word for word back because I've seen it a thousand times mm-hmm. and it's just kind of like it, it, I don't know why it just, it, it, it's ingrained in there, but I feel like as an adult, I'd never get that because I'd be bored within five minutes. Yeah. You know?
1: Yeah. 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 It's interesting. The psychology of children versus adults. That's actually part of what my record is about. Just like going to my, the idea of childhood creative genius and how it's just so wide open, you know, and, and that, yeah, we just become sort of at some point in our pre-adolescence or depending on our environment, I guess we become really domesticated into these, you know, borders and boxes that we never would have thought before. And, and maybe that's it too, like watching Aladdin or, or the Lion King or, merry melodies over and over again it's going to be different every time for a kid too because your mind is like so open to possibility as opposed to maybe like recognizing the same color patterns or like mm-hmm. you know repetitive audio over and over again i'm just curious i don't know a lot about child psychology um uh, outside def- of my own experience but I was gonna say, <laughs> yeah, other,
0: other than my kids i don't pretend to know much but I, I, yeah i think there's something about creative people where Like we've never given up kind of the love of play in whatever that happens Mm -hmm. to be in where, Mm -hmm. you know, like I'll meet a quote unquote normal adult and they'll be like, oh, you know, what is it you do? And be like, oh, well, you know, I podcast and I do this. And most of them kind of give you a sideways glance, kind of like, come on, man, you know, (laughs) grow up. But it's it's it's, you know. I, I don't want to say I'm happier because like you can't really judge that sort of thing. But my my day to day life is not a go to an office, punch in, do the same job. You know, I, I never know what my day is going to be. I never know who I'm going to talk to, and it it's to me it's way more interesting, and it's that kind of play playfulness, adventure that I think kids have that I think a lot of people lose as adults.
1: Absolutely, I mean, I think you know in our truest nature we are creative like creation that the nature is creation and so mm-hmm. we're going to stay more alive and younger and happier if we are honoring our true nature yeah and i mean you just see it like look at look at musicians who may have had like the craziest life drug addiction you have it whatever you hold that 65 year old up to you know someone who's been in a cubicle their whole professional life even just not that you know the visual cues tell much of a story but like I just think it keeps people young yeah I've had you know I've had bandmates who are like nearing their 50s and like wait you're you're how old yeah I thought you were a couple years older than me there's just something about
0: People are it, always amazed you know? when, you know, be like, oh, yeah, my son just turned 21. And they're like, that can't be. And I'm like, no, it's it's true. And yeah. Yeah. It's uh, and it is that kind of, you know, I'm excited to go to work. It's I enjoy talking about what I do because it's different and it's fun. And, you know, yeah. Well, creativity
1: is so expansive and it's so emergent as opposed to like depressive and insular and sort of dragging, you know, which a lot of those repetitive jobs can do. I think that um, creativity also, you know, it grows new neural pathways in the brain. I do know a little bit about neuroscience (laughs) as it pertains to like mood and, and healing and like how much we can change, you know, just the idea of neuroplasticity and how much our brains can change just based on um, bringing in new habit patterns and things like that. And I think that creativity, because so often creativity is not so repetitive, um, that we're constantly building new pathways in the brain, and that's just going to keep some younger, of course. And,
0: so being yeah. a creative person and an actor who has to be able to call on experiences and whatnot, do you find that you put yourself into – you know, unusual situations or going new places just to kind of gain that experience or.
1: Um, I wouldn't say I intentionally do that, but just because of the path that I've chosen and that I've been so lucky that for pretty much my whole adult life, I've been able to design my days every day is pretty much different that it's been. Life just ends up being so spontaneous and um i've traveled a lot i guess also with my film career i used to be a camera operator and editor and i traveled a lot for that and i don't know i just find myself on the move a lot naturally and that definitely informs my acting and my music and and just going deeper into self-inquiry over the years into my childhood and some things that were really challenging and um you know the just in a state of reflection in my life of of looking back on my path and where things might have gone awry and how I can kind of shift, shift the direction now. Um, that that contemplation and that reflection has has so much um, inspired and informed the music that I've been writing in the past few years.
0: That's interesting. And it's funny because like I used to think that I attracted weirdos. Because I always just seem to end up in conversations with just the weirdest people. And then I realized it's just part of my nature is kind of at least be open to that kind of, you know, whatever experience a day is going to take you. And so, you know, that person, you know, the weird homeless guy in the street is going to be like, hey, most people would walk by and be like, hey, man, what's going on? And then next Mm. thing you know, I'm in a conversation and he's telling me something you know, crazy nonsense. And my friends are like, let's go. What are you doing? You know, that kind of, but it's, you just never, you know, you never know who you're going to meet. You never know know where you're going to end up. And that's the fun of it.
1: Yeah. I really appreciate living a life that sort of is guided by its own emergence in a way. And I think not everyone's wired that way. You know, some people really thrive on structure and, and um, a little bit of foresight into what's going to happen. And, I'm starting to understand that some stability and consistency in my life would be nice, you know. (laughs) Um, uh, Especially like the last few years with COVID, and now the Writers Guild strike. It's just, man, this is
0: oh, that's right.
1: Yeah, there's just a lot, a lot going on. It's so, it's. Um, I haven't. I definitely haven't chosen the path that's like a sure shot thing by any stretch. So. Um, but I just understand I have had jobs, you know, I worked in restaurants when I was young and, um, I've been on other people's schedules and stuff like that. And it's just not, not how I best show up in the world. So I've just had to honor that and, and live with all of the challenges and, and, uh, wild cards that it comes with.
0: So child of, uh, Venus comes out in July, uh, July 7th. Is that right?
1: That's right. Yeah. Uh,
0: are you looking to tour? to to promote? I'd the, love to no?
1: play shows. I'd love to play shows. I haven't played Amara on stage since 2019. <gasps> um, so it's, yeah, I'm trying to call in a band from yeah. the from the ether.
0: From the ether? Where is
1: my band? If you're listening now and you want to be in my <laughs> band, call me. <laughs> um, yeah, I'd love to play. I'd love to play this record, and I'm thinking about that quite a bit. So... I don't have an infrastructure around touring with this project, um, but I'm—I just trust that it'll kind of come in into form for sure.
0: Kind of in that weird, you know, universal—it'll just come together kind of thing.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, those are
0: those are the things that happen the best, you know. You, it, I've tried so hard to plan so many things, but the the best ones are always the ones that just kind of happen organically.
1: No, I mean honestly, the last few years for me, and I know it can sound frou-frou, but for me, it's like the law of of nature is like if you put something out into the world, and you and you know, obviously you have to do work and some groundwork and be prepared for the outcome. But I could give you so many examples. Like the the biggest moments where things have moved for me have been based on on setting those intentions or based on like writing that down and watching it come in i mean even just a small example of i needed a radio pr team for this album and mm-hmm. the person who had been really in touch with me during my first album he really really wanted to do it and i looked him up online to see if he was still at it and it turned out he had passed away in a car accident Oof. months prior which was really sad um and a very strange moment before you're about to e- email someone and then you realize that they're not around anymore um really amazing human uh, bobby gale who's really well known in the canadian uh, music world but i was like okay wow that's not going to happen and then the very next day I, w- I was texting with a friend who's a musician friend He said hey I'm- I've been working with this radio promo company. I don't know, they've been really great for my album. I'd be happy to introduce you if you like I didn't say anything, just brought yeah. it up to me. And this person I had never actually chatted with personally before. So just things like that, you know, it's all it's all around. I think we're talking about the quantum field aspect of things, like all possibilities are do exist. And it's about moving yourself towards them and trusting that they're moving towards you as well. And um yeah. And I feel, I,
0: and I feel that I it has shamelessly
1: like a, believe that. <laughs>
0: and I, I feel like that has a very snowball aspect to it too, where. Oh yeah. If you're open and you take that kind of first step, like just the world pushes you forward three and then you take three steps and it pushes you forward six. And it just like, this year has very much been that way for us where it's just like, things are coming at us so fast that it, it, you, oh, I'm, oh, I'm worried about dropping things, but at the same time you have to be like, I am going to drop things. It's going to happen. You know, yeah, no, to... that's
1: great. So, but sometimes where... you gotta jump, jump off the cliff, and there's always a landing. Sometimes you just have to trust, even if you can't see it.
0: Oh, I mean, yeah, it might be rocks see. and and uh, a solid ground, but you'll <laughs> land.
1: <laughs> yeah, you'll land. <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, where can our listeners go to get the album when it comes out?
1: So, um, the album's uh, up on pre-sale in Bandcamp um which is amaraofficial.bandcamp.com and then on July 7th it'll be up on every streaming platform so whether you're a Spotify, iMusic, Tidal, Deezer, iTunes it's it's all there so um, it's amara Napster. A-M-A-A-R-A, <laughs> Napster, LimeWire, <laughs> My MySpace? My Page, My My, my Page, My, my, space? my space. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> well
1: <seated> myself,
0: <laughs> <laughs> caitlin i want to say thank you for uh taking the time to talk to us we wish you the best of luck with the album uh and anytime you have uh something to promote either movie or music or you know whatever the next venture is like feel free man hit us up this was great
1: cool thanks andy thanks for having me
0: no problem we'll catch you okay. uh next time and uh, listeners we'll see you guys again next week And thanks for checking out the show today, listeners. Uh, If you enjoyed the content today, you can go over to patreon.com slash inebriart to support the show. You can join over there for just a few dollars a month and help us provide this fun content that you just checked out. You can also email us at inebriart.com with your questions, complaints, and concerns. Or you can find us on all social medias at inebriart or at inebriart6 on Instagram. And also don't forget to check out our other shows, Bartok Podcast. Old Colony Cast, Inebriart, and all the other shows on the Art Network, which you can find at inebriart.com. So thanks again for listening.